At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Michael Thomas, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy right now, deposit up to $100 for a 100% deposit bonus uh, using promo code ROSTER. Uh, go there and help us out. It helps us out greatly. They've been a great sponsor for us. And I know my, my guest has been doing a whole lot of underdog drafts, <laughs> a whole lot of underdog drafts uh, during the free time that he does have. He's been, uh, a favorite a repeat uh, guest here on the podcast. His name is Derek Brown. You can find him on Twitter at dbro underscore ffb. He is now at Fantasy Pros. He's made it to the he's made it to the big time. Derek, what the hell is going on, brother? Alex, you know it's always a blast to sit here and be able to chop it up with you, man. Yeah, some things have changed. Some stuff is a little bit different, but the game is the same, my friend. So uh, anytime we're able to talk football, you know it's going to be a damn good day in these streets. Yeah, man. So I I, um, I I wanted to I wanted to throw it back to you just so you can let people know what it is that you guys are working mm-hmm. on. I know at Fantasy Pro, you know we all have the stuff we want to get out there to the people. I know you at Fantasy Pros, you guys have the redraft kit coming out this month but you you already have the best ball kit up what's going on over there what should people be looking for as far as your content yeah i mean look my all my rankings are live and that's you know whether it's going through dynasty redraft best ball all these different formats we have player notes that are currently in there for the top 200 players and overall adp uh in these formats and stuff so go check those out as well as you talked about the redraft kit that thing goes live in june uh we're gonna be covering strategy player profiles all kinds of stuff basically players that i'm saying okay go get them avoid them here's my perfect draft if everything goes right which we know it never does but perfect scenarios um those things are live as well as the best ball draft kit so i mean you talked about underdog if you're in the underdog streets you're at ffpc all these different spots uh go check it out you want to win some money uh you like i mean who doesn't enjoy like a good best ball draft when you're sitting on the can for about 20 minutes and you're just like okay and hey i might win some money by this five dollars i just put into the puppy i mean it's it's good times buddy sitting on the can for 20 minutes probably in the best for probably in the best for your house <laughs> hey, hey look i might have undershot the time depending on people and and uh, honestly living dad life and you're just like i need a break for something like, you just gotta get in minutes. there yeah 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 sure. man he's like nope nope that they, they, they go 
no, I'm in here. I'm in here. Yeah, yeah, and then they yeah. knock on the door and you're like, or you just try to pretend like it didn't happen. I didn't, didn't hear that. So <laughs> either way, man, it's a good time to knock out a best ball draft. Well, you know, you're just sitting there pondering life. And man, living the, living this dad life. I got the kids, but you know, I, I, I'm on summer daddy daycare. So it's like, same. I, you know, if you guys hear the kids running around, man, me and Derek have this, have the same issues going on. Uh, <laughs> hopefully the, hopefully they'll give us a few minutes uh, free here. Just uh, quickly. Also, before we get started, I just wanted to thank all the listeners. I'm, I'm just, I've, I've noticed our podcast numbers continue to grow, man. I'm, I'm amazed by um, everybody out there. And just my one ask would be um, if you guys could leave a rating and a review. I don't ever ask for that, but they've been telling me that I need to start asking for that. So please leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen. Um, it's super easy to do. And people are bugging me to you know, push that. So, oh, and also if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and like the video. Um, okay. With all that being said, I got, I, I got a ton. I got to get to, I got a ton. I got to get to with you here, Derek. And the first thing, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was this whole thing. I know you, I, I know you live on Twitter. What, wh- where are you on the whole Traylon Burks thing? Are you worried about the, the issues that people were talking about with his conditioning? There were some issues with um, how, you know, it's, it's like, it's so it's like the OTA stuff. It's so mm-hmm. back and forth because one minute you see, you know, a bomb from Ryan Tannehill to Traylon Burks, you know, and he jumps up and he's wearing that number 16 and he goes up and gets it. And he looks, looks just like, wow, what if we see this on every NFL Sunday? This is going to be incredible. And then you hear he's failing conditioning tests or he's a little bit behind as far as the rest of this stuff. I mean, are, are, are you worried? Is it cockamamie OTA pipe? Like where are you on, on Traylon Burks? Come on, Alex. I mean, at this time of the year, we're 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 over analyzing the fact that the man had an asthma attack at practice. Like, come on, I get it. Like, we need we need things to, on social media to talk about, but this ain't it. And like, at this time of the off season, people are worried about Najee Harris being over like you know four pounds heavier than he apparently was last year. When I, and I love Najee chirping back and being like, "What, what are y'all talking about, man?" So like yeah. with the Traylon Burke stuff. It's early. It's early. If we got into training camp and we're like getting closer and closer to the season, and you still hear some of these things kind of coming out of camp, then maybe we press the panic button slightly. But right at this point of the offseason, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's going to push. It shouldn't be pushing down his ADP. Probably does because that's what we get and you get to enjoy the dip on some of these news items and stuff. But am I panicking? No, not at this stage. Well, I, I, I have noticed that he's going – it used to be when you were in these underdog drafts, it mm-hmm. would be Drake London and Traylon Burks. Would peel, it was like once the rookie sort of seal was broken with the wide receivers, both those guys would peel off quick. Somebody would yep. take one and then the other would go, and you, you, could, you couldn't bet on which one it was, it was going to be first, right? But they would always go close to one another. It feels like lately Drake London's been going a good bit ahead of Traylon Burks in most of the uh, tests that I've been doing for the best ball cheat sheet, and – I'm just it feels like he might be falling a little bit because of this stuff. Now, my question to you is with the other OTA news where we saw all the videos of Robert Woods and how good he kind of looks. It looks like he's pretty healthy based on the way that he can cut and run. These guys are 30 spots apart in ADP. Robert Woods has done it at the NFL level before. He's going to a kind of a team that has an old school staff and old school mentality. You know, Vrabel's the kind of guy that will go out there and tell you to eat rocks and, you know, knuckle drag and do whatever else. <laughs> like, do you think that maybe they lean on a veteran like like Robert Woods a little bit more than 
maybe some people were expecting just because, you know, whenever the draft occurred, we're like, oh, Traylon, they traded away A.J. Brown. They used the pick to get Traylon. They've talked to me. I mean, my, my comp during the whole thing before I knew any of this was A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. Like, so we had all this excitement for Traylon Burks, but Robert Woods is going 30 spots later. I'm beginning to think that those ADPs might, you know, they should be creeping a little bit closer. But I'd, I'd be interested to hear, hear, hear your thoughts, whether or not that offense can even sustain two, out, two outside weapons. I don't know that they're going to have enough passing volume to sustain the guy, like two different guys, to be, I mean, extremely fantasy viable. And and the concerns that I have about Robert Woods, one, I think the ADP gap is warranted in the sense that, like, Robert Woods, I think he's going to be a much better NFL player than he is fantasy player at this juncture in the sense that even before last year and tearing his ACL, even if we discount Alex, like, the number dip and the efficiency dip we see a lot of times with players in their first year off of an ACL. Now you're talking about like he's 30 years old. We don't usually see rebounds and efficiency from players. And this is a guy of like with Robert Woods since uh, even before this, like 2021, he had a small dip. But prior to that, I mean, walking into last year, that's one of the reasons why I was so massive into Cooper Cup because Robert Woods had seen his yards per route run decline in each of the four previous seasons. So now not only did we see the decline before last year, now he's dealing with the ACL. Maybe he has an efficiency dip coming off of the ACL. You have a run-first offense. I think Robert Woods is going to be good for the Titans and what he provides for their offense. But in fantasy purposes, I think the the gap in the ADP is warranted. And, and if I got to pick one of the guys, it's still Traylon for me because I think he has the youth, he has the talent, he has the upside. And yeah, like you're talking about, if we continue to get some of these narratives coming out of camp about okay well Traylon's not doing this or or Woods looks good and Traylon's this then we could see that flip I'm more likely to just buy in a little bit further and buy more of the dip of Traylon Burks do you think that um do you think that as far as whenever we look at these rookies right so Traylon Burks you worry about Robert Woods what are you doing about Chris Olave I, I think I think you liked Olave coming in just mm-hmm. based on based on your Twitter I was a you know Am was huge Chris Olave guy, but this Jarvis Landry stuff in New Orleans bothers me a bothers me a little bit for for this reason. It's because with Chris Olave, he's one of the best route runners that I've seen as far as coming out of coming out of school. And whenever you look at what Jarvis Landry can do, he can do a lot of the underneath stuff. He can, you know, he's another guy who can really just get open at, at will. With Olave, I thought it was so interesting because he's not only able to do that but he can burn you over the top he's a really multifaceted guy and when you take all that and put it all together I thought to myself wow I mean this guy could be a do everything weapon now I worry about some of the volume that could be bitten off by Jarvis Landry at least in that form do, like do you do you do you, do you vibe with any of that I mean like how much does Jarvis Landry is that a big or a small problem for Chris Olave? So I think I think there's a few things here, Alex. Like I, I think that Landry is a small problem. I think the bigger cog here is Michael Thomas and what happens with him. I think that Landry is a small problem in the sense of okay, what what happened if Michael Thomas is healthy. I, it's hard to envision Chris Olave fully breaking out this year. If Michael Thomas is not healthy, I could still see the path because. When I was, I was actually surprised when I went and looked up Jarvis Landry and how he did, not just in raw metrics, but like advanced metrics last year, it surprised the hell out of me just how much juice that 
Landry still has left in the tank, oh, man. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he uh, last year, he actually had a better yards per route run than Keenan Allen and Mike Evans on a per route basis. He was more effective than both of them after the catch. He was 21st in yards after catch per reception. And so putting him in that type of stratosphere and he was top 30 in yards per route run, the guy still has enough left in the tank to draw targets. If Michael Thomas is out, I think he can compete, if not be the number one target in this offense. And if Michael Thomas is playing, again, I think that he is the 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 number two target. Now, maybe Olave has some spike weeks, but as far as him getting consistent enough volume to have a full-fledged breakout season, it's going to be hard if Michael Thomas is healthy. So I think, yeah, you're adding Jarvis Landry to this continuum of targets. If it was just Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, I'd be like, look, like he's going to break out. He's going to be the number two target. Like he, he's really competing with Alvin Kamara. And we hadn't even talked about Kamara, but, I think it's really, really hard to envision a scenario where Chris Olave fully breaks out if Michael Thomas is healthy and with Jarvis Landry on the field, as much as I like Olave. And I like him from a lot of different perspectives. The speed, he doesn't offer a ton after the catch, but look, he's getting open, and that's what we care about because that's what's going to draw targets. And he has the speed to also take the top off of defense. So I think that he could be used in a lot of different ways in that offense, but it's hard to envision a full breakout if everybody is healthy in this in this oh, offense. I, just, I mean, I think he does. I think he's good after catch. It's just people rely so much on that on force miss tackle stuff yeah. from PFF. Yeah. I get it, but it's like he's he's oftentimes so wide open deep down the mm-hmm. field. It's like he doesn't need to break any tackles. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of you know six of one, half half dozen of the other with with that stuff. What about so we don't know about Michael Tom? Just hey, what about Michael Thomas for you? Like, I mean, he's 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 been hurt for so long. I mean, yeah. I, like he's going around the time the guys like I mean Cortland Sutton that's crazy you know stuff like this but I've seen it you know if you do enough of these drafts you see people reaching a little bit for Michael Thomas he'll go in that kind of Rashad Bateman Gabe you know he he, like Darnell Mooney Gabe Davis well but he goes in those spots right he 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 goes in those spots so um not always. I, I think his ADP is a, you know, a little bit lower than than, than those mm-hmm. guys. But you'll see people reach up, and I've just wondered, like, do you see a do you see a bull case that would even allow you to reach to those spots? And for any the Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, let's let's mm-hmm. not even say the Sutton Judy area. Let's just say like the, yep. the the Mooney kind of Gabe Davis. You know, Rashad Bateman's been moving up a little bit, but he used to be in that area. Like, uh, do you do you see a bull case for Michael Thomas to where even if he was healthy that you would would take him there like like how do you how do you like how does that all work in your mind when, when you're putting together rankings or you're on the clock they're sort of in that spot so i moved michael thomas down in my rankings over the last like week or two and a lot of this comes down to yeah we just we just don't know alex like mm-hmm. a lot of the we haven't heard any positive reports where it's like oh man look at him like we got one like video of him running and he looks slow as hell and i know speed has never been a massive part of his game but i mean he looked he looked like isaiah likely out there like running a freaking four nine man like <laughs> it it was rough and So looking at Michael Thomas, I'm not willing to sit here and take him over any of those wide receivers that you mentioned previously. Like, give me Bateman. Give me Gabe Davis. Give me Mooney over Michael Thomas. Uh, And for a lot of different reasons. So if he is going to be reached for in best ball formats and things like that, I'm not going to have much Michael Thomas. Now, if I can get him somewhere in the wide receiver three range, which I think I have him ranked as like a higher end wide receiver three right now, just because we don't fully know. 
and without having like full certainty, I can't drop him lower, but I can't push him higher. Um, I did have him a little bit higher about a week or two ago, and I've since dropped him a little bit. Just looking at situations for these other wide receivers, and we want upside, we want talent, and we see a lot of the breakouts for these guys happen in the second and third seasons. I'm more willing to buy into the breakouts for those type of players than I am to see like Michael Thomas coming back. Cause it's been a long time, Alex, like you mentioned no. it, man. Like it's been a long time. Since it's like the Titanic. Me- it's like the Titanic meme where it's like, it, yeah. it's, been, it, it's, it's, it's been 84 years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like the old, the old lady out there. Uh, what about, I mean, it feels like, it's, it feels like it's been 84 years since we've seen anything out of Saquon Barkley, but it, but mm. it really hasn't. It feels like I've been higher on Barkley, you know, through this, through this whole process. I like what they've done with the coaching staff. I like what they've done to improve the offensive line. I think if this is going to be a year where Dan, they get a little bit more out of Daniel Jones, that could mean a lot for Saquon Barkley. But I understand that that's kind of a beginning to become a narrative that's picking up some steam. I know you're not always with the uh, conventional narratives. So are you are you, are you in on Saquon? Oh, I'm massively in on Saquon. I think that there's so many different things. And, I mean, you know, if we want to go from the top-down approach, like the dude's in a contract year. Like, and I don't want to say like that's that's full. I mean, I know I'm going full narrative street here, but like he wants to get paid. (laughs) Everybody wants to get paid. Like, get your bag, young man. Like, let's go. Like Saquon Barkley in a contract year, as well as you talked about the additions they've made on this offensive line, Alex, have uh, they're quietly really damn good. Like if you look at John Feliciano, he's coming off a down season. But if you go back to 2020, not that long ago, he's the 13th best zone run blocking guard in the NFL. Well, he was actually ninth best in zone, 13th best in run blocking overall. And they added Mark Glaniski from Indy, who was the 18th best zone guard last season. And they're talking about they're going to get back to like they're going to get away from this gap power bullshit that they tried Mm -hmm. to do with Judge and, and Garrett Get Saquon back doing what he does behind an offensive line that's shown, like, in metrics, they're good at running zone. We hear narratives that they're going to get back to running zone. Saquon smashes and has the vision and the burst to do that. All we need is a healthy Saquon Barkley, and the parts or pieces are there for him to crush this year. Like, the offensive line wasn't doing anything to help him last year, and there's only so much you can do when I think Saquon wasn't healthy at all last year, he played through stuff, and the the offensive system, the offensive line were terrible. So yeah, it's wheels up for Saquon. If I'm getting him in the third round, fourth round of drafts, sometimes sign me up for that. If that keeps happening, I'm going to have a massive amount of Saquon <laughs> yeah, well, Barkley. Yeah. But 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 it but it but it, it it is happening right now. That's why it you, is. You should go. You should you should go to Underdog. Use that promo code roster and sign like because you you can get him third third round right now. I've, I'm consistently doing it. Mm-hmm. Can can it can it stay like that? Is it going to stay like that once we get into the real redraft I stuff? I think so. In I think he's yeah. still going to fall to the third round in a lot of spots, especially on underdog, because uh, on that site specifically, we all like wide receivers. People really like wide receivers drafting on underdog. Mm-hmm. And it's you could still do some of these these different builds like we talk about, like going with an anchor running back, things like that. But you could do them and flip it on its head and saying, okay, well, if Saquon stays healthy, he can be my anchor. Or I can go wide receiver, wide receiver, go Saquon and flip the narrative and the the construct around and still accomplish these same type of things. 
And so, yeah, I mean, look, I think that there's an easy way where you could only fit so many players inside the top 24, Alex. So, yeah, I think he's going to still be in the third round for a lot of draft season because people will form narratives and still consistently draft and say, looking down the draft board and say, well, I mean, I don't there's other guys I like out of side of Saquon Barkley. I mean, like at least 24 of them. So I think he's going to stay in the third round for a lot of the draft season, if not all of it. What about Zeke? Because Zeke now is falling to the fifth round. And it's like, uh, I mean, his ADP, his ADP, I believe, is only 41 or 42 right now Mm -hmm. when I was doing a draft earlier today. But he fell to the fifth round. I've seen him falling to the fifth round. I've had to move him down on our cheat sheets just because, like you said, there's this wide receiver thirst to where people, before we get to the spots where people start taking guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, uh, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, uh, who, Josh Jacobs, or mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell. Any of these guys, people are people are loading up on the Jalen Waddles and the Marquise Browns and the Deontay Johnsons, and they're like they're like people are taking guys like you know Brandon Cooks and you know DK Metcalf without a quarterback, and like all these guys before they they take sort of those running backs that are in that tier. Is that just an underdog thing? Once we get to redraft season in earnest, when we're playing in our home leagues and our office leagues, I can't. I can't imagine Zeke's going to fall this far. But in the context of what we're talking about right now, where 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 are you on Zeke? When does he become a value as far as uh, these 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 early redraft and these early best ball leagues? I think when you get into redraft season, like when we get into casual leagues and stuff like that, I think that you're going to see. I don't think he's going to fall to the fifth. I think you could probably see Zeke uh, comfortably, maybe the third or the fourth. I think a lot of people are down on Zeke. His ADP on underdog is not that different than where I have him ranked. Like he's RB 20, he's 43rd overall and underdog. He's RB 16 and 41. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with consensus. Like if he's going to continue to fall, if he falls into like the fourth or fifth round of drafts. Yeah. I mean, I'll take Zeke. I have no problem with that. Like, and I've got questions about Zeke. And yes, do I like a lot of other players over Zeke? Like, would I draft like Travis Etienne over him? Yes. Would I draft some other wide receivers over him? Possibly. Um, so this really comes down to like a lot of different best ball drafts that I'm doing. If I've gone wide receiver heavy early, then I'll swing back around and I'll pick up Zeke. Um, but I think you are going to see some fluctuation depending on what leagues you're in, whether it's underdog or not. I think he's going to fall further on underdog than he is probably in your home leagues. But he goes to the fifth. Yeah, I'll grab Zeke and I'll just take the value because we get to training camp, Alex, and we see like, okay, Zeke looks like he has something resembling a six-pack, maybe not a full one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We see a few healthy runs out of him, and you're going to see the ADP probably creep up just because that's what happens. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, and also I also just think that you got you have to think about the you have to think about the um the uh, I'm trying to think of what it is, like the atmosphere or like the ethos, whatever. You like the 
mm-hmm. the group of people that you're dra- the context of the group of people you're drafting with. And it feels like on underdog, a lot of times you're drafting with the real snooty fantasy hipsters who think Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. And you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they have these takes about it. They just, they just don't like Zeke. They don't want anything to do with them. You yeah. know? So I think that that's probably something to, something to keep in mind there. But um, certainly it just, it feels, it feels odd, especially with all the, everything coming out about how, you know, he was more hurt last year than people thought and, and, yeah. and, every, and everything like that. All right. I, I want to ask you about some players that have seen the big ADP rises over the last week, but before there's just a couple more of these guys i wanted to ask you about let me ask you this is kind of a strange question but i was thinking about trading for kareem hunt in some of my dynasty leagues when his value is still kind of low because i've heard these rumors that he could be a trade candidate the fact they're not talking they're not getting into any substantive contract extensions talks with him i still believe that kareem hunt is a really good nfl running back and i think if you were to be traded somewhere that was running back hungry uh, that could be a real boon. What, like, what is it? Is it way too cocky maybe to think about the idea of trading for Kareem Hunt right now on the low in Dynasty? <sighs> Kareem Hunt's not a guy that I like. I, even if he goes to a place in Dynasty, like for me, it's probably what if he went to Atlanta. Player. What if he went to Atlanta? If he went to Atlanta, I'd be more interested than maybe some spots because then you're looking at he's going to play running back. They're going to move probably Patterson around the formation. Maybe plays a lot more wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the few spots, but outside of Atlanta, Alex, like how many places can we say like off the top of our heads, like offer I mean, Kareem hunt, like a three down work, work role. The only the I mean, I would think maybe, uh, I mean, it would suck for Damian Pierce, who I love, but maybe, maybe yeah, I love Damian, maybe Houston. Yeah, I don't, maybe I mean, Houston. I don't, I don't know. I like, yeah. The problem with Kareem hunt is that he's going into his age 27 season, like from a dynasty perspective, he's going into age 27 and if he gets moved, I don't see a team like it's probably like a stopgap option. So he's going into his age 27 season. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So you're talking about like a 28 year old cream hunt. Is he going to get another contract? Does he wash out of the league? Like, what does that look like? So in dynasty, I'm probably like, Meh. like, I'm just I'm staying away. Um, unless you like, I can get him on the cheap or he goes to someplace like in Atlanta and we think like, okay, he's just going to go into a three down workhorse role because it's hard to envision like with a lot of these teams, him entering that type of workload. And then from a dynasty perspective, it's age and it's contract, um, issues to where I'm like, "Ah, I'm, I'm probably better staying away because there are still a lot of people out there that are like, look, like the Kareem Hunt truthers of the world that like are like, oh, look, I, I love Kareem Hunt. Like, yeah, no yeah, guys like me sit, sitting around dreaming up these cockamamie <laughs> scenarios. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm like, Derek, I'm just trying to give, I'm just trying to, to have you give me the okay to go trade for him. Honestly, you're not, I wish you're not I could give you the go ahead, man. I really do. But my Damian Pierce truth or heart will not allow this right now. I, I, well, all right. It, it, we could be Damian Pierce truthers <laughs> together. Yes. Um, uh, all right. Uh, and then the, and, and then the one last thing, what, which, which green Bay Packer are you into right now? Like, like with Devonte Adams going, somebody's got to pick up the slack. I mean, to, to, to you, does this elevate one of the wide receivers? Are you into Christian Watson? Are you into Alan Lazard? Are you into maybe Aaron Jones stepping up? AJ Dillon, Tunyon, all of the above? Like, you know, any of those guys really stick out to you as beneficiaries of no Devontae Adams or just maybe a Green Bay Packer who you're into? So I think that what we see the market moving to, I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, their ADPs are not going to go down. They're not moving. And 
I think they're both relatively high. Like if both of those guys stay healthy, a lot of people point to the splits for Aaron Jones with Devontae Adams out of the picture. And I'm not saying that they're wrong because there's obviously credence to that. But for me, I, I look, I, I'm going to sit here and flip flop back and forth based off of what the market is doing on Al Lazard and Christian Watson. I think that both of them are going outside the top 36 wide receivers right now. Lazard is creeping up a little bit. And if he's going to creep up, then I'll just draft some more Christian Watson. If we see the pendulum yeah. switch the other way, then I'll draft some more Al Lazard. I think both, if I'm narrowing it down, those are the two guys. One of them is going to see the massive bump. And if you look at Alvin Lazard's numbers, they don't jump out to you like off the page as being like, oh, I need to draft him. (laughs) But if you look deeper on it, like Aaron Rodgers loves to pepper the short intermediate parts of the field. He's been 13th, 8th, and 13th in passing attempts between 0 to 9 yards of the line of scrimmage of the last three seasons. Now, marrying this with Alvin Lazard... He's been crazy efficient. Over the last three years, he's literally been first, seventh, and he was top 20 or 25th in the other year in yards per route run in that short part of the field. So I love Al Mazar this year. I liked him a lot more, but whenever people weren't, I guess, more mm-hmm. wise to it and pushing him up the board. So really right now, it's Lazard if I can get the discount in probably a lot of your redraft leagues, less casual formats. But right now, an underdog, I think Al Mazard, it's the, it's, the script has been flipped. I think Al Mazard is going higher than Christian Watson. People are tired of the hype and all this kind of stuff, and they poke holes in him because he, was, he came from a small school and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, okay, the hype was deserved, First of all, I mean, dude, we were down in senior bowl. We saw Christian Watson sit here and just roasting dudes and one-on-ones. And for everybody that's like, well, I mean, everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, and everybody's like, well, yeah, anybody can roast people on one-on-ones. Uh, excuse me, Romeo Dubs would like a word, sir. He was getting he was getting blocked up. And speaking of Packers, yeah. he was getting blocked up at the line, and they're literally yeah. stopping drills because he couldn't separate. So I will push back on that. Well, anybody can separate in one-on-ones. Yeah. Watson was crushing dudes, and he was getting open at will. So for me, the, the easy answer is Al Mazard. The more nuanced answer for everybody on drafting on underdog and stuff is I'm going to take the guy that goes a little bit later. So if Al Mazard is creeping up boards, give me more Watson. If we see that flip again, give me more Lazard. And then the the one thing you mentioned and I, I, that I've heard people talk about is the splits, the Aaron Jones splits mm-hmm. without Devontae Adams. But I've heard, and I wish I could remember who, you know, I, I can't take credit for this idea, but I've heard somebody say it. I can't remember who tweeted about it. I wish I could. I, I'd like to give him credit, but because it's a good take. They, they said, you know, whenever you look at those splits from before, we have to think about okay, with that 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 was a game level decision made by the coaching staff. Like yep. the coaching staffs get into the season, they get into the games, they don't have Devontae Adams. They say, well, you know, how how are we going to get through this game? Let's figure out how mm-hmm. we're going to get through this game. It's a lot different to think to know you have a whole season ahead of you and taking the season long, taking the longest view in the room and saying, how am I going to get through this season? How am I going to employ these guys to get through this season? So um, I kind of, I'm with you. Like, I think that's more, it's more noise than it is like signal Mm -hmm. and part of what you're talking about. And the other, the other thing is like, we can't just lump like, 
and I'm not saying people are taking all the Devontae Adams target share and just shooting it over to Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. But can we also say that, like, look, A.J. Dillon showed us he's a better pass catcher than we thought, like, at least I thought coming out of Boston College because we just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. He's a better pass catcher than we thought. Can he take some of that Devontae Adams target share? Also, can we just see the, the target shares for a lot of these guys get diluted out? Like, Robert Tunyon comes back. You have Lazard. You have Watson. Could this be... The way that people are forecasting possibly like the Kansas City passing attack getting spread out to a bunch of people, could that just not happen in Green Bay and we don't see Aaron Jones get like this this DeAndre Swift like 18% target share? I, I lean more that Rodgers says, all right, you know what? We're just going to spread the ball out. Or one of the wide receiver steps forward, then it's saying Aaron Rodgers like saying, well, you know what? We're just going to check it down all day. Let's just check it down. Why don't we just check it down? Like, yeah, does, does that sound like an Aaron Rodgers thing? No, like, no. we're just going to check it down. Here you go, Aaron Jones. Here's 10 targets a game. Like, yeah, I don't think that's happening. All right. Agreed. All right. So uh, some of these players, let's talk about the ADP risers and some ADP fallers. We'll just kind of hammer through these. You tell me whether or not these these rises make sense. These are all guys who've risen over the last week, at least like seven spots. So, I mean, big, big rises. And when they're big rises like that, seven spots, generally it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit farther back on the in the in these drafts. No one's going to be jumping from 17 to 10 over the course of a week unless there's some major injury to somebody or something. But uh, Darrell Williams has been the biggest riser over the last week. Um, of course, he goes to Arizona. Uh, where, where where are you on the Arizona backfield? Where are you on Darrell Williams? Is he viable to use like a fifth running back right now? Yeah, I think he's viable. Um, it depends on how high he gets up. I think his rise is all the that he he has a landing spot. And we weren't really sold on Eno Benjamin being the clear backup or Keontae Ingram. So I think that the the Darrell Williams rise is justified. And yeah. and depending on where he goes, I'll buy in. Yeah, well, everybody's just looking to put those. Everybody's just looking to put their chips somewhere behind James Conner, right? Yep. They because they they wanted that offense cheaply, and it's pretty likely that Connor's going to miss a little bit of time. Um, just Justin Ross, you know, he has a, he's been a big riser. I guess the Chiefs decided they didn't want to draft him, but I guess they decided that they, that they do want to sign him. I mean, we're talking about offseason hype, Alex. I mean, mm-hmm. when you can have a one-handed grab against a cornerback or air, I mean, you you, you know, we have to bump that up, right? <laughs> like, I yeah. think that's all it comes down to. It's training camp hype. I think – we need to re- remind ourselves also that Justin Ross, as talented as he is, as as he did in, at Clemson, putting up early career production, he's still a UDFA. So mm-hmm. it's still a long shot for him to make this roster. So I'm pumping the brakes. Like I'm not going to buy the 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 climb for Ross. Is the Naheem Hines because Naheem Hines is on this? He's number three on this list. Is it just because Frank Reich told us that we should love him for yep. for, for fantasy? <laughs> is <laughs> yeah, it, is it. it really that easy? That's it. That's it. It's Frank oh. Reich coming out every year. Like Alex, don't we get this every single year? Frank Reich is handed a microphone and they say, "Who do you like?" And of course, Frank Reich says, "Man, I really like this guy or this guy or this guy." It happens every year mm-hmm. and it, it, like like Naheem Hines is fine if you're gonna go zero running back fine enjoy that you know that that that's fine I have no problems with that but to say that Naheem Hines is gonna sit here and cut into like Jonathan Taylor's workload a ton things like that I understand the wide receivers aren't great but this is all just Frank Reich and the fallout of him saying I draft him in fantasy yeah and that's it 
Well, okay, so that's coach speak, but what about actual like what about actually letting the money talk like it is with David and Joku? When they get when the Browns give David and Joku uh their very athletic stud tight end uh, a big a big extension, a big big new deal and now the word has come out from these cockamamie Cleveland reporters, you know, they've been badgering about I mean they're saying that sources close to the team say that, you know, he's you know, they're they're planning on featuring the guy. To me, this is a rise that I can understand. And uh, do you and are you in on Njoku at all? I'm going to say this. The rise is understandable, and he's still not high enough. And I'm going to – I'll break that back down. Like, he's still going <laughs> too late. Yeah. I don't get it, Alex. Like, well, you can you can I hold out on tight end and just depend on – you can hold out on tight end and just depend on Njoku being there like – when your people are taking drags at other spots, it's, it's dude. Wow, he fits all the different things we want to check the boxes for a breakout tight end. There's a path to targets. All he's got to fight with is Amari Cooper, who's never commanded a massive target share. If Watson plays, improvement in quarterback play. This offense could be running faster and pass more. And he's talented. Like I get the people have been burned by David and Joku previously. Get over your bias. Get over your butthurt previous redraft feelings. The guy is not going high enough for the upside that he presents. So I'll, I'm going to still buy in. I have him ranked right now on Fantasy Pros as a top 10 tight end, and I'm sticking behind that. Hey, man, he, uh, I mean, he's he's much faster than David Bell. The hell, yes. he's, he's, he's faster than a lot of the wide receivers in the league, man. He's a really big, awesome player. Um, okay, and then so let's go to the players who have now seen the biggest falls. So Keontae Ingram, I mean, if for, for so for you, he's the he's been the biggest faller. I had a lot of Keontae Ingram. I had a lot of exposure to him. Just, I mean, shit, you probably might have even watched. It. I mean, he's from the Carth. He's from Carthage. You might you might have even seen him back in high school. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been watching him since he was in high school, and certainly through the time he was in Texas, he goes to USC his final year. He's big. He can catch. He was good. I'm just I, like if we're putting chips behind James Conner out in Arizona. That's where I was putting him before Daryl Williams got there. Do you still? I mean, I'm I'm certainly not as comfortable doing it now. Um, mm-hmm. Where Where are you with Keontae Ingram and vis-a-vis Daryl Williams and or Eno? Yeah. So with with Keontae, if the thing with Keontae is if you're out here doing best ball drafts, if you haven't gotten exposure, I get exposure now. Um, I st- there's still ranges of outcomes where either Daryl doesn't get the second job. It, would I be buying into it heavily right now as I would have been earlier in the offseason? No. But I think that if we're going to see the dip and he's going to go back to free territory and he's at the end, he's like the last pick or the last two picks of your your mm-hmm. draft on underdog, that's fine. I'll, t- I'll get some exposure on that, but I'm not going to go overweight, if that makes sense. What about – why is Raheem Mostert falling <laughs> Are people reacting late to the Sony Michel stuff? Like, uh, why is Raheem Mostert? Why is he falling right now? It feels like he's been in kind of a bad situation ever since the whole Chase Edmonds, you know, thing thing happened. I think it just comes down to Sony Michel signing, and people honestly would just want to stay away from that backfield altogether. I think that people don't really want to buy into Chase Edmonds. They don't really want to buy into Raheem Mostert or Sony Michel. So yeah, I mean, look, you're drafting zero RB. You want to get Raheem Mostert to sit here and kind of plug like, or you go anchor. That's fine. I think that he's he's in that type of strategy where he could plug a few weeks for RB two spot for you, and that's fine. I think Raheem Mostert's still talented. Yes, he's older. Yes, he's not going to 
probably play a full complement of games. But for where you draft Raheem Mostert, you're not really asking him to do that anyway. Marlon Max falling. I'm not even going to ask you about that. I know you and I have already talked about Damian Pierce. Yeah, how 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 we're into that guy. But what about Tyler Algier? He he was a disappointment um, at the combine from what a lot of people were hoping. I'm not sure what they were expecting to see based on his film. You know, it wasn't like he ever showed you he was any kind of burner. But did you see that on his film? Like, I, I want before we get into his ADP. Did you yeah. ever <laughs> see anything on his film? That suggested Tyler Algier was going to be fast. Well, I thought, yeah, I didn't. I'm like, you see him caught from behind religiously on his tape. Like, yeah. what out of that says? Oh, yep, he's going to be a four four guy. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I think that people. I, I I think what a lot. I mean, as far as his his acceleration is better than his forty speed. I, and I think if yeah. you look at his ten yard split, I think it. I, think it kind of tells the story of that but mm-hmm. I, I think that's maybe what people liked and certainly you just like the truck stick i mean you just you like i mean he's a fun guy to watch he's a big physical you know fun yep. fun fun guy to watch very effective too um and it feels like he kind of fills a role there you know standing and maybe standing alongside a mobile quarterback in mariota um or well, he's dipping go, just yeah. by the dip i mean like He's yeah. not going to be crazy expensive. Just buy the dip. I there mean, look, a few weeks wherever he scores multiple touchdowns. It, like, it, I'm it, not worried about Jeremy McNichols. Are you, Alex? <laughs> like, come on, are we past that? Well, it would, but they, but they, but they did. So I believe they did. Didn't they bring a Damian Williams? And maybe, yeah, that's Damian Williams is still there. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the that's the reason why that you know, that sort of news has come out. But I think Algier, you know, I, I I had to move him down a little bit on the cheat sheet just because. Mm-hmm. We, we we have to react to ADPs and we always want to be leveraging them correctly. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'm with Derek here. I say, you know, buy, buy the dip with that guy. Um, again, he is Derek Brown. You can find him on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB, a great friend of roster watch, an epic hustler, man. Hustle, recognize hustle. Well, I, I'd recognize Derek a long time ago before he was doing any of this stuff and been following his work. For a long time now, I see him at all the events, Senior Bowl, all this stuff. He's a great, great voice, and he goes out and he actually does the work, which is what I really, really respect the most. So we ask Roster Watch Nation to mobilize, unite, man. Go, go, go! Give our friend Derek Brown a follow on Twitter at dbro underscore ffb. All right, two big questions here at the very end, and I and I and I, and I sent these to you. Uh-huh. Because because we need big takes here. Because I I need a play, because I need takes that you're positive of. This early yeah. that takes you positive. So who's the single player? The single player you are positive is going too late in early best ball and redraft leagues. So basically, who are you sure is going to be a steal? Rashad Bateman is being criminally slept on. It's ridiculous. Like you, he's going as the wide receiver twenty-eight. That that's that's egregious. People do better. Be better. Like Marquise Brown was top twelve in target share, top twenty-two in air yard share last year. And even if you think, and we know that Baltimore is going to be a run-heavy offense, you got Mark Andrews there. That's it. And regardless of like, we hear all this bullshit still about Lamar Jackson as a running back. He can't throw all this kind of stuff. Rashad Bateman is that dude. He was as a prospect. He he had injuries that kind of derailed his rookie season. Baltimore is telling you right now he is going to be right alongside Andrews as the guy. And he is a better prospect than Hollywood Brown could ever have hoped to be. Oh. So I think it's Bateman to the damn moon. 
down, baby. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's going to be the graphic that goes on this uh, on this thumbnail. About, love it. About Please. Bateman I need it more for my brand, Alex. I need more Bateman love for my brand. I need right. it, dude. All right. Now, now, now it's time to, to uh, break out the hate. So the actual uh, the <laughs> absolute opposite of this, the single player you're positive is going to early in best ball and redraft league. So who are you sure is going to be a bust? Look, I've been labeled as a a hater for this player, and I'm sorry. I just like efficiency out of my players that I draft. I like efficiency. I don't follow narratives. And, dear Lord, everything holy and sacred in this world, don't draft Juju Smith-Schuster as a top 24, top 30 wide receiver. Just don't do it. He's going as wide receiver 27 and 55 overall. Sky Moore is that guy. And regardless if you don't even believe in Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey is that guy. Juju Smith-Schuster's efficiency metrics have dropped over the last four seasons in sequential order. His yards per route run has gone down every single season. His yards after catch per reception has gone down in every single season. And for everybody that talks about Big Ben, I'm sorry, Deontay Johnson says, hold my beer. I was still awesome. I was still producing at an incredibly high level. I really think that we're putting too much stock and everybody talks about, okay, but but Juju's young, Alex. He's 25. Okay, that's great. And oh, he what he caught 110 passes. Okay, that's great and all. But if you talk about the just the nuts and bolts of wide receiver production, and if I believe like, okay, this guy is talented, he's gonna earn, earn targets, then what are we pointing at for Juju that says he's gonna earn targets outside of previous rapport with Ben Roethlisberger? Because the efficiency's not there to say that he's gonna do it, man. Am I drinking the crazy sauce here? Or are you with me that Juju the love is a little bit misplaced here, dude? Yeah, well, I just I think that um I think that it's not just and it you know it's it's not just Sky Moore and it's not just Travis Kelsey. It's this stuff with I mean it's this stuff like you know some people are into Justin Ross. There's some people who are still into talking about Nicole Hardman who's been there a while. They're like there there's all there's all of that stuff. But I will say I will say this with with Juju is that Juju Juju was Juju, Juju was was good. He was good, but what was that five? Was that five 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 years ago? <laughs> Somewhere around there, and, and I love the fact that you pointed in there and said was was good. <laughs> Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.